There is nothing wrong with your internet. Do not attempt to adjust your settings. We are controlling the podcast. We control the squealing and the screams. We can make your heart flutter, your eyes blur from tears, or sharpen your mind to crystal clarity. For the next hour, sit back. We are in control of what you hear. We repeat, there is nothing wrong with your settings. You are about to experience the awe and mystery known as the female mind. You are now entering the Fangirl Zone. Welcome to Still 47 Survivors on the Fangirl Zone, a podcast on the ABC TV series, The Crossing. I'm Terry. I'm Sean Fangirl S. And I'm Steve, and tonight we'll be discussing the series finale of The Crossing. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, no. Tell me it's not over. It's hard to believe that we went through a love episode. Yeah. Doesn't seem like it's been that long. They went quickly, that's for sure. Yeah. Well, we got the, the two back to back. Yeah. So we got two of them on the, uh, on the same date. But yeah, it still doesn't seem like it's been 11 episodes. I feel sad. Time traveling. <sighs> well, Steve, do you yeah. have ratings to use? Wah, wah, wah. Yes, I do. Episode 11 brought in a 0.3 and a one share in adults 18 to 49 with 2.13 million viewers. Hmm. Which, for being on a Saturday, is pretty darn good. Yeah. yeah. Fortunately, we don't have any live plus seven days as... Nielsen just keeps getting slower and slower and slower about getting those out. Whatever. So we'll be we'll be doing a uh, review podcast in December with the ratings for this episode. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> look look forward to that on your local podcast station if we're lucky. All right. Well, since we don't have that, let's jump into episode eleven, shall we? Yeah. These are the names. These are the names, my friend. The lives of the refugees hang in the balance as Jude and Nestor team up with an unlikely ally. Meanwhile, Eve and Lindauer move forward with their ruthless effort to tie up loose ends. Yeah, I'd say that was ruthless because Eve is a beep. All right. (laughs) (sighs) How do you really feel? Yeah, right. All right. Let's talk about this nightmare. What is going on? Because we have Jude who seems to wake up from a dream, and he goes downstairs, and I'm like, what's up with this? His wife's there and his kid? Yeah. And yeah. I, yeah. I was kind of confused, and his son asks if he can spend the night at his friend's house, and Jude's just all of a sudden like... Noah's house. Noah. Noah's oh. house. Noah's. See, I wasn't picking up on that. I just... Noah's house. <laughs> yeah. He says, oh, well, we were going fishing. The fish are all gone. Yeah, when he just looks at him like, what? And then the newspaper, like when they show the newspaper and it's all Apex writing, I'm like, what is going on? And suddenly, yeah, knock on the door and the kid goes to open the door and Jude is freaking out. Yeah. And I did not catch what his son said to him. Like, you can't. You'll hear it at the end. Okay. Because he like (laughs) just kind of moves his head over and they like mark him. With the mark that we have seen on the kids who were taken by Apex. And I'm like, yep. what the hell is happening? Like, I was seriously freaking out. And then he wakes up and, and Naomi. it's a bad dream. And Naomi. Yeah. Yep. yeah. But I was like, what? This doesn't make sense. <laughs> no. And then the- Oh, it does. <laughs> Once we get doesn't to the at end, this moment. it makes a whole lot. Yeah. At the beginning of the episode, no. And it still oh. didn't make any sense because Nestor knocks at the door. Oh, yeah. So I kind of and freaked out. they've got to be at court when we're late. And you go, what? Yeah. I was just assuming maybe this is like the finale or not the finale, but like the final moments of his divorce. But it is so not that. Right. Because they no. go to court <laughs> and it's like, oh, what is this? This is like big time because we suddenly find out that. The camp had burned down, and everybody's missing. And we need to talk to you and ask you some questions. It's like, what? Yeah, what the hell happened? So obviously, we flash forward some, 
Well, I was initially, I don't, I, I don't remember the order they said stuff. I don't know when they talked about the camp burning down, but when I first saw Jude going in there and he sat down in front of this little panel of people, I thought it was a flashback. I thought we were like really whipping time frames here to Try when he, back. to when he had left the city and they were kind of doing an inquiry about what had happened and all that stuff. I, oh, okay. That's what I thought it was, but it wasn't because they're mentioning stuff about the camp and all this stuff. So I was like, what? Yeah. I don't, all I don't the records know. have been erased and Lindauer has disappeared. Right. Which we found out because I think we were saying hmm, two episodes ago about this device that Diana was going to build. It's like, make them disappear. And we were saying, oh, pocket universe, whatever. Apparently the disappearing was the records. Right. Which, in essence, makes you disappeared. That's yeah. true. EMP to yeah. wipe out all the computers. Because the thing she was building last week, well, not last week, the previous episode, they were the same night. In the previous episode she was building, I'm like, that's the thing that's going to make people disappear? Yeah. <laughs> it, it looks even smaller than the coffee pot she had from earlier. The French press thing that she used for barometric pressure. <laughs> So, you know, I was like, that's kind of weird. So then when we found out, it's actually, you know, I'm like, well, what now? The people can get jobs working for the men in black. Yeah. <laughs> I, I thought it was weird, though, because they ask him specifically, like, do you know where Lindauer is? Yeah. All right. Obviously, you don't know that nobody liked Lindauer. <laughs> I thought for sure he'd say no, and I don't care. Oh, uh, <laughs> yeah. But he didn't. I barely knew the man. Yeah, that's what he says. Yeah. And he walks out. and. Nestor's like, are we okay? He's like, yeah, they believe me. Okay, yay. Okay, what the hell, Nestor? Did they, I assume they questioned you, too. Although he's out yeah. there playing, like, I don't know, Candy Crush or something on his phone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, at least bring a book, dude, something. But anyway, and then we go back in time to the planned ex- escape. And I'm like, where are we? Yeah. Why is it snowing? I don't understand. There was quite a few people on Twitter that were going, where did this snow come from? Yeah. (laughs) It was like the previous episode. And again, we saw them both on the same night. It's not like a week apart. Right. You know, the previous episode, it's just everything's dry. There's no snow. It wasn't even any clouds. They didn't even have any weather forecast for like hailstorms. And here we are. Here we are. Seeing people in jackets even yeah here we are now all of a sudden everybody's bundled up they got wool caps they got heavy coats there's breath coming out of their mouths when they're outside everything's snow covered i'm like when did we step into frozen the broadway musical (laughs) (laughs) and let me say lindauer with like the things on his shoes so so you can walk it's so you can walk on like snow and ice with dress shoes but i've never well with any (laughs) shoes they make them and jason has them for his work boots but i'm looking at it going Uh, what? I you thought... just happen to have those in your car? Because none of the other guys are wearing them. <laughs> I kept looking at like, what the heck was wrong with his the heels of his shoes? Yeah, I thought they right. were like futuristic. What are the cowboy the spurs that the cowboys wear? <laughs> I mean, there wasn't any little round thing to poke the horse with on the end of it. But I was like, what is wrong with his shoes? <laughs> yeah, I caught that. And I was like, oh, that's probably what the weird one. Like, okay, does he why have is like he wearing club, those? Does he have club feet or something? What's wrong with them shoes? But apparently they're something to put on your shoes. To... It's basically, it, it's almost like um, chains for your car, but right. it's for your That's shoes. A, you've seen anything like that? That's wow. <laughs> but, okay. Anyway, let me back this up. We have He's Nestor. A... Nestor. Yo, coming Nest. up to the front. Now, I think that was the only way anything was going to work because, of course, they're going to be looking at Jude like, mm, I don't trust you. Right. And Nestor's at the gate and he's like, you know what? You need to give me my citizen back because one of ours. And otherwise, you can have a whole lot of shit going down, basically. And he played right along into it because they're like, what would make him do that? And he's like, I don't know. He's got a thing for this girl in the camp that he thinks she likes him or whatever he says. So, I mean, he kind of like adds to that, which is true. He does. But it kind of adds to the story to, to make them think, OK, he's doing all this. Eh, we're not going to trust him. But the, the sheriff's deputy is saying he's got googly eyes for this girl in the camp well maybe that is true well you weave your lie out of truth and it's not so hard to believe then exactly because they didn't because they didn't fight him on it all of a sudden after he tells him i don't know he's got this thing for this girl 
it seemed pretty quickly that they were going through the chain of command to eventually get Marshall back to the gate. Right. Yeah. So. And then we see, and I wasn't sure who it was at first, and then it, we find out it's Reese, who is like underneath the car. She rolls oh, out. But how does she roll out into the snow and nobody hears that? Shit crunching. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Anyway. Apex know how to walk on snow without crunching. I guess. <laughs> and, of course, Lindauer being who he is, telling all the survivors, and, of course, Nestor. Oh, yeah, they're going to be set free. No, it's totally great. Don't worry about it. All is good. Yeah, right. They're just getting vaccines. I don't think so, dude. Really don't. No. But, no. again, Nestor's like, just give me my citizen. Give me my person, and I'll get out of here. I'm just here for this one dude. Let me go. Right. Come on. Yep. So when they bring him up and he looks like shit, yeah. like, what did you do? It's like, uh, Lindauer was very just like, rah, 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 rah. stuff happened. What do you want? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He hit a federal agent. Fair. He had to detain him. Right. And... Yes. Very noncommittal, though, about exactly what happened, of course. Of course. Yeah. And then Roy's like, oh, yeah, here's a little parting gift. Little oh, punch nice. to the stomach. And this, at least, I seen it. Unlike last right. episode, <laughs> you see the note pass. So at least Marshall was smart enough to be like, "Oh, I need to move my hand." Like, so okay, we at least seen this. And, yeah. Right. And I love Nestor. I don't know if Nestor was actually surprised by it. Like, what the hell, dude? It seemed like it was. <laughs> yeah. He was like, "Whoa!" Because he's first surprised about when they bring Marshall up, and he seems like he's genuinely, you know, what did you do to him? Yeah. Yeah. He you know, like, rough. oh, my God, he really seems, I don't think he knew about this other thing with the punch either. I think no, he, he didn't. surprised again. Yeah. Because this was Marshall acting on his own. So, yeah. Yeah. It worked out. It all worked Cause out. Because he, ne- he never told Nestor what he was going to do. So, Nestor, the only thing Nestor could do, which actually played perfectly in, like you said, weaving, you know, a story from the truth is, you know, he's got the hots for this girl or whatever, however he worded it. And they kind of passed it off like, okay, well, maybe that's the case. We don't want to deal with you local people, but all right. And I really think that, that yeah, that Nestor didn't know all the rest of this stuff. He just knew, he assumed pretty smartly that Marshall was going to hightail it up there. He wasn't going to, like, hang around town. Right. But other than that, the only thing he said was about having eyes for this girl. So that was enough. <laughs> just saying that and without knowing anything else, he was able to finish Marshall's plan. Oh, did I say that? No. <laughs> <laughs> he was able to complete it for Marshall. Yeah. So it worked out nicely. Oh, beautifully, unexpectedly, but beautifully. Yes. And then we have Caleb meeting Roy in the woods because that's not expected anywhere. But anyway, <laughs> what happens in the woods stays in the woods. And suddenly, <laughs> when they're like, "Well, where's this extra person that's supposed to be here?" Out comes Reese from, like, a treetop. Yeah. <laughs> so she did the superhero and dropped it. Yeah. She's Spider-Man. Yeah. Okay. So here's the plan. I'm going to take out all the guards. You go get people together. You cut the power. Okay, that's great. Except Caleb, we know, is just going to be like, oh, yeah, I'm going to let you do all the heavy lifting here. So Reese is like, I don't need your help. Until she almost got shot, and Caleb decides to knock one of them out with a branch Beautiful. or some wood, whatever. Yeah. A two-by-four. Yeah. <laughs> and Let's just say he I, belongs on a baseball Yeah. It was impressive. I thought Reese had killed the guard, but That's apparently, no. Yeah. So Well, she killed she killed them at last week, or last episode. I keep saying last week. Last episode in the lab, she took them all out. Right. right. But I thought it looked like she was killing these guys. Yeah, she was, but there was still one left. Obviously, no, no, she didn't, she didn't kill, kill any of them. She knocked them all out because later we're oh, all yeah. in a cabin together, tied That's up. That's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah. She, yeah. Because I love it when they're like, uh, "You should." Which go surprised check me that. She, which surprised me that she would. When I saw them all tied up, I was really surprised because knowing Reese, because sometimes we're kind of like like the Terminator, like a bad character who you root for in a way. I, I've, I've kind of been on the fence with Reese. I've kind of liked her, kind of not liked her. And I figured knowing what I know about her character, she would have dispatched them. Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. It was Jude who, who basically said, no killing, period. Yeah, yeah but you think she's going to listen to what he's going to tell her all the time? It, oh, it worked well, this we time. We know that. But yes, that's, <laughs> why this I, time. that's why I figured they were all 
done for. That's why when we saw them later, I was like, oh, crap, they're still alive? Wait a minute, they just knocked out? How'd that happen? Yeah. But yeah, Caleb, Caleb, because uh, when he first sees her in the woods, when she joins he and uh, Roy, he kind of looks at her, he knows who she is, not specifically Reese, but he knows what she is, let's put it yeah. that way. <laughs> but then she he, mentions what he is. Yeah. She sees his tattoo, yeah. And it's like, we could, if we wanted to, standing our ground, try to take out each other, or at least put up a good fight anyway on Caleb's part. I think she would dispatch him pretty quickly, too. But yeah, she let, goes, good. And Caleb goes, yeah. Yeah. They decide, let's put down the uh, animosity and let's work together here for the greater good. So, anyway. <laughs> With all the guards knocked out, not dead. She, yeah, well, she, go figure. Yeah, crabs win the radios. And she's like, which way is due east? And she just, like, tosses that radio. I mean, that was a nice spiral, is all I'm saying. <laughs> I think the bears can use hers. Yeah, that looked like a Superman throw. It it definitely did. So, thankfully, thankfully, because we didn't know this was happening, Jude finds the receiver. I was like, come on! <laughs> and he decides to taunt Lindauer. Which was awesome. Oh, my gosh. Uh, do you, have you checked on the kids? It's like, oh, great. So what's that mean? So they go running outside, and they find clothes kind of scattered. It's like, oh, my God, did you strip down these guards while you were at it? Damn. So All right, that's getting a little, little, little bizarre now. A little personal. Yeah, what's up with that? So there's a trail to a cabin that has all the guards tied up, and it was very yeah. Spaceballs-esque. Like, oh. Yes. <laughs> Good reference. Nice. And then it's like, spread out! Find everyone! Yeah, because I'm sure you're going to find them. Anyway, so they're checking every cabin very dramatically, okay. and Heaven 7, which just happens to be Naomi's cabin, gets checked by Roy, who ah. doesn't even open the door. At least fake it. <laughs> and, like, open the door and, like, walk in and then walk out and say something. But he's like, clear. Like, you cracked the door. If anybody was looking at you, yeah. you screwed this whole thing. <laughs> it's like, okay, they're not huddled right at the door. I think he had it open enough if he didn't know ahead of time that he could have seen somebody standing, which would have been off to his left, which inside would have been to the right of the door. And yeah. he could have, like waved or given him a signal or nodded or something and he would have been like okay but yeah i don't i kind of thought he should have had the door open a little bit more just tell everybody crowd to the other side of the cabin right so that when you open it even if you're not going to open it all the way it looks like you're legitimately looking yeah because all it would have taken is one person to look at him that's all and when he turns after he closes the door and turns around on the stoop right there and he gives the signal apparently the guys are like just arriving to see him there giving the signal all clear right right like if they had been there like a minute earlier it'd have been like the whole thing would have been doomed right yeah yeah but while they're in naomi's cabin uh -oh. leah apparently was taught apex because she's reading oh yeah but she doesn't know everything i don't know if it's because of her age yeah that's or what, what i'm thinking right because hannah's like you have to be quiet but she keeps reading. She's like, it says a name over and over. It says a name. I was like, oh, what does this mean? And I started yeah. freaking out. All See right. you next Wednesday. Right. <laughs> and then you have and the one and the one there. guy who was like partnering with Lindauer. I wanted to cold cock him. He started making noise. Yeah, like, like a, a we're not gonna make attack. it. We're not gonna make it. We're not gonna make it. We're not gonna make it. Caleb like kind of comes over, and I'm like, just bite his head off and chew it. When the one just guy tells Caleb, we need to keep him quiet. I was like, I had like a flashback to watching MASH, and I was like, oh, he is going to smother that man? Yeah. <laughs> I really thought was, they were going to do that and leave him there for Lindauer. Yeah. I thought, I thought that was going to be him making noise, and that would have been his final screw job to the group. Uh, right. Because I was like, I still wasn't sure about him, and we didn't see anything at all, and all of a sudden... They give him more attention where he starts to have this panic attack. Because all this episode's like, they're not really focusing on him. And I think there was a reason. But then when he started having this panic attack, I thought, that's not really a panic attack. You're going to fake it so that you attract attention. Right. And I really thought that, and that may have been it. And Caleb shut him up. But it seemed like it played out that it really was a panic attack after all. But just seemed Caleb like an odd time. Right. Yeah. Yeah. 
later in the evening, when we have all the good stuff trying to happen, <laughs> Jude and Esther are waiting for the fence to get non-electrified because they don't want to die. That's a good plan. Yeah. 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 I'm in favor of that, too. <laughs> and suddenly, Marshall shows up. It's like, okay, obviously you had clued him in on everything. So I don't know why you were kind of like, you don't need to be here. And somehow he had a bus. Yeah. Yeah. Why don't you yeah. keep the bus running? Because nobody will hear a bus running. Exactly. Their engines are so quiet. They are. It's like totally green. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm hearing this going, what? Yeah. I mean, I, I understand you because he's like, we don't want to take the chance with the bus not being able to start because the battery goes dead in the cold, which we don't know where the cold came from, but okay. Yeah, all the magical snow from nowhere. <laughs> I guess it's got to be a whole thing up in the mountains in the north. That's all I'm thinking. Yep, northwest. Yeah. So we have Roy in. How is nobody looking at Roy? But okay, I got to give it to him because at least we got answers with this. But I was getting irritated with some of it, obviously, because <laughs> Roy is just kind of wandering outside and opens up the, I don't know, container that happened right. to have the power generators. And, oh, where did he get these? wire cutters and he's just cutting away and then pulls something out and there goes the power and and then he and he knew which wires to cut i don't maybe it's not as intricate as bomb wiring right but he knew exactly which ones to cut and then flip the lever or whatever and it's like wow (laughs) but of course that happens and in walks the person who's going to probably kill him which worried me and she's like oh what are you doing in here I was like, oh, you're so screwed, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Doyle is going to eat you for dinner. And he's trying to play it off like, I found that these things were cut. All right. She's <laughs> like, how convenient. She had very much like old school villain happen right here. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. Out comes the gun. It's like, is this an old spy movie? She's like, yeah. come with me. It's like, yeah. oh, really? James Bond movie. Yeah, thank <laughs> oh, you. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But at least the the fence isn't going to kill everybody. So Jude and Nestor's over there cutting out a hole so that everybody can get out. So obviously we have a plan on which way to go and how to get people. So Jude's going in with the device. And I'm like, all right, is it a bomb? Because I wasn't sure. (laughs) It was small. It was in a backpack. But Jude tells Nestor, and this is what I started to worry as soon as the last one's out, go. I don't care if I'm out. Go. I'm like, oh, it's a bomb. That's, uh, yeah, that worried me when he said that. I was like, uh-oh. But Jude gets to the cabin. It's like, knock, knock. Hey, guys, I'm here. Where the hell are the guards? <laughs> this They're is why I was for... like, what is happening? So he's like, all right, everybody, take that trail. Nobody will notice your footprints in the snow. Go, go, go. Yes, this is when Sean was getting angry. Okay, she couldn't figure that out. So, yeah. So the survivors all make their way towards the fence, and Reese and Leah are like, Yay, Mommy, you're here. Shut up. But off they go to try to get out, and some guy falls. It's not even the guy on the crutch, all right? No. <laughs> One Thomas, but it's another older guy, and... Apparently there's not snow in the future either. Yeah. So, yeah, rocks. So Hannah and some other guy, because we don't know most of their names. Is helping him to the fence. They get through the fence, and of course you have another guard who suddenly knows how to fix that generator and put everything back together. So, I'll yeah, he test. repaired those cut wires. Yeah, pretty quickly. Damn quickly, <laughs> didn't he? It's like, I mean, come on now, really? He had some extras. I don't know. And I had some in his back pocket, right next to his Swiss pocket knife and his stick of gum. And so then we have a super dramatic moment. Because everybody's through, and suddenly the power gets turned back on, and a gunshot is fired, and Hannah is getting electrocuted. It's like, what in the hell? <laughs> I feel like I'm watching Clue. Yeah. As soon as they kept showing that puddle. Yes, you knew somebody. Yes. Somebody was going to step in it. Somebody was going to get it. Yeah, because nope. the camera went down to that a couple of times where they just showed the feet or they were shooting from a low angle, and I'm like, eh, something's happening. And I said to Steve on the on Facebook, I said, Hannah's going to get fried. Yeah, I thought it yep. was going to be Marshall. No, nah, I pretty much kind of figured it was going to be her. 
Wow. Yeah, because she kept, held the fence open while everybody yeah. was going through it, and yeah, right in that puddle. So when the power yeah, came he on, was, yeah, he was real gallant. Like he cut, like he's on the other side already, and she's holding the thing instead of like, oh, you're here, let me hold the fence for you. Well, he was also helping with that guy that fell. Yeah, but yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's of course, true. he's going to run and try to grab her, and Nestor's like, "You can't touch her." Right. And yet. <laughs> Who could touch her? Because somebody decided to tackle her. Got her out yeah. of there. It was Wonder raised. Woman. Right? And, well, nobody knows what's happening. Is she going to live? Is she going to die? If she died, that would be some serious suckage. But <laughs> it's like, yeah. damn, Marshall. Yeah, you were a good guy. Yeah, I wanted her to, like, I'll be on her deathbed looking at him going, oh, you were supposed to save me, you creep. <laughs> but Caleb's <laughs> carrying her. And... Of course, Marshall's like, wake up, Hannah, wake up. Oh. Yeah, and Hannah, <laughs> Hannah opens her eyes slightly, and then Marshall smiles, and scene. I shouldn't have eaten that sushi. <laughs> I was like, what? What is this? Oh. Ah. Well, it gets better as the worm turns. <laughs> Sounds like a soap opera. <laughs> Lindauer and Doyle have detained Roy in the server room, and they're trying to get him to talk. Good luck. Yeah. Couldn't get Marshall to talk. I doubt you're going to get Roy to talk. So when Jude reaches the server room, he hears the voices of Lindauer and Roy. So he follows the source of the voice, opens the door, pointing his weapon at both Lindauer and Doyle. That could be a problem. Yeah. Yeah. Especially (laughs) when... Doyle reveals that she has a weapon and points it at Roy's head, prompting Jude to lower his gun, in which Lindauer picks it up. I had well, no idea what I kind was of, happening here. I thought, well, I actually love this scene, and I thought he didn't, because I, I don't think Doyle said anything. I think we only heard Lindauer and Roy talking, so I, I thought that he kind of figured, I think even the angle they showed when he looked in the room, that he figured it was just the two of them, Lindauer and Roy. Right. I can't remember the angle that they showed over his shoulder when he looked into the room through the crack in the door, if she was visible or not. But I kind of thought that he thought it was just the two guys. Good so the fact that she kind of called his bluff and put a gun to Roy's head is like, oh, shoot. There you go. Thanks a lot. But the gunshot that the survivors here was fired from the gun in Lindauer's hand. Oh, my. I was so surprised. Yeah, that was a shocker. Yes, sir. And he puts another bullet into her just to make sure. Right. Wow. I love that because Jude's like, uh, should I check for a pulse? (laughs) Then no, she's dead. It's good. Yeah. Yeah, she's done. Lindauer tells Roy to leave the room so he and Jude can talk. I thought this was going to be another turn of the screw here when Roy left. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's like Lindauer's been flipping back and forth, and now he's going to do one final flip back to the dark side. Right. So Jude shows Diana's device to Lindauer, who makes the final decision in his role as one of the people who migrated from the future. You know. Yeah, he didn't pull back. He's like, what are you going to do, Noah? It's like, yeah. oh? Oh, uh, yeah. Oh. You said the magic word. I am re- rendered useless. Right? <laughs> <laughs> My powers have been depleted. So uh, we're starting a new life. We have Jude driving to a farm located in a safe place. That's a city, by the way, all hyphenated, in a safe place. And <laughs> he goes into this barn-type area, this big building. Hans Caleb and Han, who, who are coming Walking, uh, well, he, uh, Caleb's walking alongside a trailer that's inside the building, one of these travel trailers, and out comes Hannah, and he gives them uh, envelopes with papers confirming their new identities. And now we're kind of turning the corner here. Rebecca has still not been found yet at this point. Jude tries to assure Caleb that he'll inform him about any further developments. Hmm. And uh, before he goes outside, he hands Caleb a piece of paper now. Caleb, when he asks him, you know, what's he going to do? Where is he going to go? Caleb says he has no idea. And I think he says to him, maybe this will help you make up your mind. Yeah. Yeah. So he hands Caleb a piece of paper and he exits the building. Outside, in a pickup truck, what else would Reese drive if not a tank? (laughs) 
If she couldn't get her hands on the tank, a pickup truck. That'll work. Right. Reese and Leah arrive, and they tell Jude about his possible... Now, this is this is where it was like, whoa! His possible involvement in Naomi's scheme. And we mentioned earlier about Leia saying that she could read some of the writings. Yeah, the Apex she saw writing. a pattern in the, the writing. And it was a name that was repeated over and over and over. And tells him that the name that she saw was Jude's last name. Yeah. They kept repeating, Ellis. And Jude, I think, like the rest of us, was like, what? What you talking about, Willis? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was like, wow, wait a minute. Because they never met this season. Not that there nope. could be some involvement in, in the plan and all, but I'm just saying that we've never seen the two of them, even not on the screen together, have any kind of link or connection or interaction or relativism of any kind. No. But apparently she could, that was that Naomi was taught. His name kept coming up. Points back to this occurring. Right. Jude Ellis. Yeah. He's like, whoa, this is like mind-blowing. And so later we see, I guess he's kind of probably walking around going, gee, I wish I had that hemp with the flowers. Later we see Caleb and he's walking along the campus of a university. And no, he's not there to take a course. I kind of <laughs> think we all kind of figured where he was going. Yeah. And he comes across a group of kids who are talking, and he thinks one of them is, and indeed she is, his daughter, Rachel. And she, they kind of look at each other for a moment. Her initial reaction to me was like, how do you know my name? You know, like, what? Right. Yeah, and, who and are they, you? And they keep looking at each other, and finally she says, Dad? And for the first time, after all this season, we see Caleb show emotion. Yeah. And he just starts crying as they embrace. Wow. I was kind of shocked because she's standing there with her friends that she didn't say, oh, my God, this is my birth father or something. Right. You know, just so they're not looking at her like, dude, what are you doing? Because normal (laughs) people wouldn't be like, oh, I guess we should just leave. No, your friends are going to stand there and be like, who the hell is this guy? Yeah. Well, they they were running out of film. That's all they could show. Okay. <laughs> I mean, if they had like an extra five minutes, they would have, like if the show ran an hour and five minutes, they would have shown that. Oh, okay. Thanks for the clear up there. Yeah, come on now. So now we're back at the police station and we see Jude and Nestor set their new objectives as Roy, who had been recently transferred to their station. He's now a local yokel. Brings the evidence to the lockup area. <laughs> and this was so good that you know, he calls Jude Sheriff, and Jude says, no, just call me Jude. And Roy, no, I can't do that. I have to call you Sheriff. Boundaries. <laughs> yeah, out of respect. Yeah, boundaries. Yeah. And Jude's like, uh, okay. So Roy has learned his lesson. Yeah. Roy has learned his lesson, because apparently, I guess, Hannah is nowhere to be seen or found mm-hmm. now that her, her identity is gone. And I... I kind of would suspect that Jude didn't tell him where he's got them all holed up no, either. I don't think so. Maybe he's told Nestor, but I would say he probably didn't tell Roy. Yeah, he goes to put the evidence in the lockup. I love this. <laughs> and yeah, we see. They still had the EMP. Yeah, the they still. Thing survived the um, burning of the camp. Yeah, surprisingly. Yeah, yeah but that, then they that, focus that, on the other thing that, that was made. Yeah, the. Barometric yeah. pressure device. Yeah, yeah, the French press thing. Yeah, that <laughs> does barometric. Yeah. Look like a French press. So, but we, and we see that. And, you know, I thought the perfect, and we're going to get to it. We're, we're very close. I thought the, the final shot, and this would have made a great cliffhanger, too. I love what they did do, but would have been that the French press thing, like all of a sudden, like switching Activated. on. Yeah. Exactly. And then, that's and then what go I think blo- we. We said we all thought it was going to happen. Yeah, Yeah. and then, you know, have that turn on, show it for like three seconds, and then go to black. You know, I thought that would have been the ending. Apex is coming. Yeah. That would be season two. And that would have been a great ending, and we're going to get to the ending here, which also was like, whoa! So Eve tries to call Lindauer, who has uh, taken the SIM card. God, it wouldn't be nice if they were all that easy to remove. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Got to be a freaking surgeon to do that out of his phone, and he tosses it in a lake. Then he tosses the phone in, which means Swamp Thing could find him and put him back together and <laughs> call her up. And she'll have all the Swamp Things wanting to eat Lindauer. Anyway, elsewhere, even her associates, oh, the, the crew of love, plan their next move. 
they have tracked down Sophie. Uh oh. <laughs> and uh, so uh, Lindauer couldn't be contacted, so she orders Drew of her group to neutralize Dr. Sophie Forbin. These can't never change. I know. And so when Drew arrives at the hospital, he finds Sophie unconscious on a bed, all hooked up with wires and everything. And he has the poison in a, in a yeah. needle, and we're assuming that's going to be it. So he's like walking up and he's moving towards her. He's got it pointed just like you'd point a gun. He's ready to go. And all of a sudden, she grabs his arm, breaks it, and snap. Oh, baby, talk about pretzels. <laughs> Snapped it like a pretzel. And as soon as that happened, I was like, uh, that's what Reese was warning about. Yep. yep. And uh, grabs his arm, breaks it. She leaves the room. A nurse finds Drew on the floor. Oh, we got a new patient. And uh, Sophie walks away with a strange color in her eyes. Now, the only so- thing with the ending, how they were kind of wrapping up, is when they showed Lindauer walk away. I almost wanted him to have a cup of coffee since he was so focused on freaking coffee through this whole season. <laughs> oh, yeah. But have it, in a, car. have it in a mug instead of the cups, the, the yeah. disposable cups. Oh, yeah, because so. throwing your phone in the lake was so green. <laughs> but anyway. That's, that's for season two, like I said, when the Swamp Thing army helps out Eve to go <laughs> eat Linda. Come on now. Work with me here. So, yeah, she's got the strange color. So, this, this, this too was a great, uh, ending. And if this was a cliffhanger, this would have been, this is perfect too. Either one. I hadn't yeah. even thought about that because, you know, she had said to Sophie about, I don't want Apex happening and she thinks she's destroyed the cure and which she didn't. But, uh, I thought only about the device. Like we were saying, we were all kind of thinking that's going to go on. Then they're going to go to black. I hadn't even thought about this as the final shot. And this was perfect too. This was way cool. So. I really- thought that this was the showrunners made good on their promise they really wrapped up a lot of the stories and kind of gave a lot of happy endings but still left enough that you could see where they were headed in it in season two yeah yeah i just yeah i I was very pleased with it yeah it was as unsatisfying as you know it's canceled it was as satisfying as it could get Right. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't think they tied up all the ends in a nice, neat bow. Oh, no. They didn't. But, and not every show does when it's officially there after they've been on for X number of years. Their official oh, absolutely. Finale. No, yeah, no show does it. Yeah. But, Fringe uh, didn't do that. <laughs> no. And that was still a, a fantastic ending. Yeah. That that got. Uh, that was a great send off. So, yeah, this was really cool. And apparently the whole thing with Apex, like I said earlier, is when it, alters your your biochemistry so that you get powers and you can heal fast and like with reese uh and leia like you can draw it was a bone marrow she was drawn out of her hip and to make yeah. a cure to, to cure this disease that was like the big disease the polio of the future right it also apparently turns you into a real sob yeah it affects your brain chemistry as well that's unfortunately there is Reese has got one little tiny gene up there that kept her from being completely that way. Well, I think that that and that got activated simply because Leah was there. If Leah had not survived, right, right. I think Reese would have been full blown. I'm just ripping you all up to shreds. Yep, more than likely. If you're if you're not one of me, you're done. Feel bad for the guy working at the Seven Eleven counter, but that's a whole other story. <laughs> but. Yeah, I, I apparently well, it does to the yeah it does to the brain chemistry too because I was like, well, you know, even Reese, you know, uh, sometimes even though she didn't have the emotional facial expressions that Caleb finally got at the end, you know, she still was able to kind of work with people and even if not out of compassion, at least work with them in terms of okay, we're enemies, but let's work together because there's right. there's something bigger than all of us combined. Bigger than our arguments, bigger than our past or future, whatever. Let's let's do that. Yeah, I think Leia not around would have not brought it out, but I, I, I don't know. I just that's a shame that you do that. <sighs> okay. <laughs> and then I'm gonna have to sit there and think about the paradox thing because I'm just like, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> don't, don't, don't hurt yourself too much. 
Yeah. Now, I'm not going to do it now, but I'm just like, I'm so confused. But while Terry is going to be thinking about this, Steve, right. did we get any feedback <laughs> this time? Oh, yes, we certainly did. Our <laughs> friend from the Netherlands would not let us down. There you go. He arrived in his, in at his location for his business meeting in Milan, Italy, and immediately went to providing feedback for us for this episode. So let's take a listen. Hello, fangirls on podcasters. This is Fred from the Netherlands with some feedback for the 47 Survivor podcast about The Crossing Season 1, Episode 11, the Season 1 finale, and probably, and sadly, the series finale. First off, the title of the episode, These Are the Names, is coming from the book Exodus. It is the first line of that chapter of the Bible. Of course, this has a double meaning in the series. Uh, in this episode, it is of course the exodus from the camp. In general, it's the exodus from the nasty future they are coming from. The creators of this series, Dan Dorkin and Jay Beatty, explain this in Jason's Nathanson's The Official ABC The Crossing podcast. Sean and Steve, since the series is over now, anyhow, you probably won't be cross. Cross? A uh, funny word in this situation. Uh, cross with me, uh, referring to that other podcast. I advise everybody to listen to the last episode of that podcast because the creators give some nice final insights into the show and how they feel about that it's over. For me, it's always important after a season finale to ask myself the question, could I be satisfied with this as an ending of the series? Of course, there may, there may be some new unresolved threats but not a terrible cliffhanger, or all threads that are still not, still not resolved. Okay, let's have a look at this season finale. Resolved or satisfy, satisfying threads. Hannah and Marshall are together. And Hannah didn't die. Next one. Roy has a nice new, new job as a small town deputy, deputy sheriff. 3. Lindauer decided to give his daughter to her real father. Evil, evil so-called FBI agent Lydia Doyle is dead. Next one. Reese and Leah are together and nobody is chasing them. The second arrival group is free, has new identities and no data is left about them. Thanks to Diana's device. Sophie did survive and obviously belongs to the 7% that can cope with the Apex genome. Of course she could be the big problem in the future. And perhaps even start being the start of the Apex problem. A drive to cure people and to eradicate illness could be the central problem. Next point. That dude Alice is mentioned in the Apex text that Naomi wrote on the cabin wall is interesting. But it's so new as a threat that it's not annoying to me. Not knowing what is going to happen there. Okay, next point. Unresolved or dissatisfying threat. Where is Diana? And where is Naomi with her gang, including, including Diana's wife Grace? And also Rebecca. Will Rebecca meet her daughter Rachel? But actually these are minor points to me. Most annoying to me is that we don't know who gave Hannah the locket with Marshall's picture in it. And why? And how this future person knew Marshall is somebody to trust. And still the question, are Hannah and Marshall related or not? What could cause a terrible cliffhanger for me is if the needle of Diana's machine to indicate new arrivals would have moved when Roy is putting other stuff in the evidence storage room. Fortunately, that needle didn't move. It didn't happen. Okay, Sean and Steve, thanks so much for this podcast. Not only for the podcast itself, but also for pointing out to me that this could be an interesting series to watch. And I have to say, it really was. Okay, perhaps I will meet you at some other podcast. Greetings, all the best, for the last time at The Crossing, Fred from the Netherlands. Well, we got to thank you once again, Fred, for being there every episode and providing such fantastic 
feedback. We can't thank you enough. Yes. So this feedback came from Italy, our first feedback from Italy. How about yes. that? Yes. <laughs> By way of the Netherlands. Yeah, there you go. I feel so international now. <laughs> I know. I love it. I love it. <laughs> oh, we are sad, too, that it is the series finale. But you never know. There might be something magical, but I doubt it that happened. Well, he mentions about unresolved threads and not a terrible cliffhanger and stuff. And, and like we just said a little while ago, not every show and for the viewers, and I guess for the actors who are really invested in it too, but as the viewers, the ones who aren't participating, putting it together and we're just absorbing it, watching it at home or wherever we're watching it. It's just like you wish that all the loose ends could get tied up. Yeah. And they never do. Like we were mentioning about Fringe. Fringe had. A wonderful ending that most networks don't give shows the opportunity to do. And yet, even with that ending as sad and, and heartwarming and, and still satisfying as it was, left tons of questions open, which is good because in case they want to bring it back a la X-Files, hint, 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 or a movie, you know, they could still have some other things they could deal with, and uh, which is nice. But yeah, with this one here, it's like, yeah, they they tied up some things, but there's some more we could do. Yeah, absolutely. I'm fine that they left some things open, but yeah, we got pretty good amount of answers. Yeah. Yeah, Hannah didn't die, but did Hannah and Marshall end up together? And if so, did he leave with her? Because he kept talking about wanting to leave town. Oh, yeah. yeah. There's That's no doubt in my mind they are together. And Yeah, but then would he need to have a new identity, too? Hmm. Because there's got to be... Lindauer or somebody with whom he spoke, if not Eve. Maybe not necessarily it has to be the case, but maybe somehow his name, because they seem to know all kinds of stuff. Right. And if they know what happened in the past, and, you know, I'm sure that somehow, some way, Lindauer, if not Eve, without Lindauer telling her, knew about Marshall. And being that Lindauer seems like he's out of the picture, apparently, and Eve is still running full throttle, that Marshall, if he's going to, like, pal up with Hannah somewhere, they're going to have their Hallmark card moment, then maybe he would need a new identity. I mean, I'm glad that Hannah didn't die, but... Yeah, I I think that Jude was smart enough to say, if you're going to be together with Hannah, you need a new identity as well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I think so. and. Jude showed me a lot. They played it off where he was just like this local guy and this bigger than life situation gets dumped on his lap. Right. Then we, a little bit, just a little later in the season, we hear little pieces about where he came from before he got to this little sleepy town. And then we got a little more of that story later. And, and, and Jude showed a lot more resilience and, and connections. As the season went on, all the way to getting brand new identities. Right. A local yokel probably couldn't pull that off. Yeah. So I, I, I really like Jude a lot more. Yeah. And how and come of I course, we still did, you know, we don't know what happened to Naomi and her group. And of course, that nope. could definitely be a huge season two thread. Uh, Cause we still see that Jude had the files on those people. Oh. Still on his desk. Yeah. yeah. He's still trying to locate those. Well, he mentioned something about, was it near the end of this episode when they were in the office or something about, or or, or an episode or two earlier about, gotta find Naomi. I don't know if it was this one, or, but he says it, I think, to Nestor, and he says it with a lot of purpose. We've got to find Naomi or this woman, if he didn't know her name. Right. And he was like really intent when he said it. And I think it was to Nestor that he said it. So I think even more so now, if it was, because I, uh, I can't remember specifically, it wasn't in this final episode. He wants to find her. And the fact that the bombshell got dropped by Leah, that the, the, the recurring pattern was his last name. Right. Unless she kept thinking Ellis for Ellis Island and they're in the wrong place, wrong part of the country. Uh, <laughs> it's not a last name. It's a first name. Yeah, that would make me think that that would drive Jude even more. Right. Now, Fred thinks that it would be a terrible cliffhanger if Diana's uh, machine was to go off when Roy was there, and I don't think that would have been a terrible cliffhanger. I don't either. Maybe he means (laughs) terrible in the sense of, are you kidding me? 
and right, we don't yeah. have a second. Yeah, not like this is a yeah, 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 yeah. That would make sense. Yeah. yeah, I agree. Okay, I agree with that. Yeah, it would have made it harder to say goodbye. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think and I think we all thought that that was going to be the way it ended anyway. <laughs> and I think if they did have Roy and it went off in the in the uh, evidence room, it would have been Roy would have seen it and it would have been making some noise and. He probably would have just walked out of the room and said to Jude or Nestor, "Hey, I was in there putting the uh, the files in there, and this thing that's sitting on a shelf started acting up and lit up. Right, like guys, yeah, you and, and, see this kind of thing. Yeah, and he would have brought them to the thing anyway, even if we didn't see it as the cliffhanger. I think that I think another, like I said, along with Sophie, I think the the another good cliffhanger was it goes on after Roy exits the room, closes the door." A few seconds later, it goes on. Hold that shot for like five seconds. Go to black. Right. That would have been another good ending. So, yeah, I think what you're saying about it would have been terrible. Like, oh, are you kidding me? Yeah. Because Roy wouldn't have known what it right. is. Right. Right. He'd have been like, oh, is the coffee ready? All so, right. Once again, Fred, we can't say thank yeah. you enough for all your feedback. This 11-episode run, we really appreciate it. And... Looking forward to finding another show that we can have you involved in. I need a drink. <laughs> Thanks, Fred. Yeah, Fred, you rock, dude. Yeah. And thank you to everyone who live tweeted the finale with us. It was a blast. And I can't say thank you enough to all of you that have retweeted and liked our tweets and the back and forth interactions. It's always fantastic to interact with fans and you guys are some of the best. Thank you guys. We do appreciate it. And I'm glad I didn't confuse everybody too much. <laughs> That's what you think. <laughs> so listen, <laughs> just look what you do to us here when we record. So listen, listen, dear listeners, even at the aftermath here, please review and rate us on iTunes. Let us go out with a bang. Um, the show will show up on Hulu soon, so yeah. there still may be some people that are interested in listening to a podcast about it. Yeah, especially with Steve, because he's very famous. <laughs> and uh, and I just, like, squalor in the corner in his shadow. If you rate us and review us on iTunes with good ratings and reviews, it helps other fans of the show to find us. So, you know, like Steve said, somewhere in the future... You know, people might be looking for a good podcast to listen to. And if you really like this podcast, please give us a rate and review. And tell your friends and hope you've enjoyed this podcast this season. And while you're doing all that, why don't you check out our website at www.fangirlzone.com. You can check out all the stuff we're doing over there and all the, the new podcasts that are over there. And you can always find all of our contact information if you find this podcast somewhere along the way and you want to hit us up. You can always send us a tweet at 47survivors. Our Facebook page is at FGZone. Instagram is at the Fangirl Zone Podcast. And, of course, you can always send us emails at any time to discuss this show and any others. We are contact us at FangirlZone.com. Awesome sauce. So for uh, this episode here of 47 Survivors, this is Terry signing off saying, I'm not snowing you. Thanks for listening, and maybe we'll see each other in the future. And this is Steve. You have no idea what will become possible. This is Sean. Until next time.